Welcome to Sonic Bites, the free willing conversation and interview series for the eclectic music lover. This week, we're excited to welcome our fourth musical guest on the podcast, Adam Hador. Was it love? I guess I'll never know. My mind keeps thinking, my head keeps spinning, and in the end I had to let it go. Adam is a singer and songwriter born and raised and now performing in London and across the UK. A regular feature in both bands and musicals throughout his time at school, Adam started writing his own music while at university. We first met Adam as part of UCL's famous Live Music Society as he released his first single, As I, in 2018, and were lucky enough to be invited to play on the bill for the launch of his debut EP, The Unknown, a year later. His iconic voice, combined with uniquely insightful lyrics, powerful choruses, and memorable refrains, had us hooked immediately, and once he started playing with his live band of Charlie Zhu, Charlie Rolfe, Spencer Charlton and Louis Shaw, we became even bigger fans. In this episode, we discuss Adam's latest release, Was It Love, as well as his songwriting process, life on the London music scene, writing solo versus writing with a band, music promotion and release strategy, and much, much more. As always, if you're enjoying the podcast, follow us on Spotify, Apple or Stitcher, or subscribe to us on YouTube, as it really helps support the show and allows us to make even more freewheeling content. We hope you enjoy it. Don't clap at the same time, so just one at a time. <laughs> Who's going first? Uh. No, I've clapped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, incredible. Did we clap at the same time, Adam? Shit. Right, okay. Mm. There we go. I feel like all yeah, of our I'll conversations just... <laughs> always start that way. It just comes out of a clap and it's us just like reeling from the clap. Yeah, I'll just gi- I'll just give you a nice strong clap. So yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. There we go. That's got it there. You can see like oh now I'm clapping more than once, but yeah, yeah. That's okay. that's the most claps and most applause we've received since March, probably, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All of the two two slow claps. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Um, really, really oh. appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you. Th- thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited to you know talk talk through you guys all things music related and yeah i, I enjoy, I've, I've enjoyed watching the show so i'm excited to be on it yeah i mean we should probably introduce you if you hadn't been listening for the first two minutes of the, so far <laughs> but I, i've i've tried to write out a description of you and i think you are adam hador singer yeah. songwriter yeah. actor <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah is there yeah, is there anything I, we're missing here banger creator uh that needs to be on that yeah yeah that's a proper occupation at one time i was a vlogger but uh, (laughs) that died as quickly as it as it (laughs) as it took off i actually i watched every single one of your vlogs and i was (laughs) i was unbelievably entertained by all of them they were so good the thought park one was like absolutely brilliant (laughs) yeah how how old were you there was that not to be disclosed oh man no i was i was 18 i i I was i was a sentient being i was fully in Mm. control of my life and my content i just i thought it was a good idea and actually you know looking back on them i i I think they were (laughs) i felt felt like i was i felt like i was in thought part with you it was that like realistic oh yeah yeah i mean well this was this was all pre-lockdown when you know you know everything was buzzing you know like i could give you the the immersive experience now like now it would be like a ghost town it would be a bit strange wouldn't it yeah though i guess less cues on the bright side yeah yeah for sure i mean actually no i i saw 
I think someone, one of my friends was at Fort Park and I saw that they, like, they put up, like, a story. And, it, yeah, it, it actually, surprisingly, it looked as busy as, uh, as, as normal. So I don't, I'm not too sure about that. Hmm. Weird one, I, I suppose. Weird I wonder one. if it's just, like, a British thing to just naturally gravitate towards, like, being in a queue. Like, even in a lockdown <laughs> when you're not supposed to be out, like, somehow we'll find a way to make a queue out of it. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Yeah, cool. So I, I don't think I've ever actually gotten a chance to ask you because we have sort of quite a similar, well, um, like crossover or friend groups. But in terms of like you as a musician, did you, was that a, I mean, I don't, I don't think you play any instruments for, or maybe you do and I don't, or maybe you, you prefer to focus on the singing. Um, um, but I'm just wondering if, if you were a musician first, were you an actor first or was that sort of just, it just all came together in this creative you know, outlet. <laughs> I mean, so, uh, um, I kind of like, like as a, as a kid and like growing up as like a teenager all through my teen years, I, I, I tried to be like as creative as possible. So I try, I, you know, I tried to take part in, you know, every activity I, I possibly could. I, I did like, uh, I, I, I took part in like lots of sports um, and I took part of, in lots of the arts and in entering my high school I got a uh, singing award so it, 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 it sounds more prestigious than it was essentially it was just um, something that allowed me to have uh, lessons that were paid for by the school um, sure. so uh, you know in uh, from year seven onwards <clears throat> I was like classically trained in like uh, you know singing lessons i did uh trombone lessons for like a term <laughs> and then uh, yeah a little rogue That's instrument mad. um uh but yeah no whilst i was at that school they they had like a really really um like a really really good uh performing art scene so i, I you know i i took part in like the the yearly musical uh, I, I pursued drama as, as far as I could. I, you know, I took it as a GCSE. I, I tried to take part in, in all of the plays. I directed a couple of, uh, plays myself. I was part of like, um, a, like a, a Saturday drama school, um, for, for a large chunk of like my time at secondary school. So I think it very much came as a package, but if I had to say one came first, it would definitely, definitely be the, the singing, uh, and the sure. music. Uh, in, ter- in terms of like playing other instruments, I, I, I play the piano, but mostly for uh, songwriting purposes. So like mm-hmm. I, I, I took lessons, I, I pursued it, but it wasn't something that like I, it, it's not something that I ever played to perform. I was never like, oh, you know, I'm going to sit down and play a piano piece in front of everyone. It was more um something that when you know when i'm alone i like sitting down at the piano playing through some stuff uh and it's really it's really really helpful for writing because i have like a a midi keyboard and and all of that stuff so yeah yeah that's cool i mean i guess if you're if you're a singer that just opens up a few doors like you you can go into songwriting you can go i mean i've I've seen you in musical theater productions and yeah (laughs) And, um, yeah. and, and yeah, and obviously I know you from uni and we had that, the society, mm. um, uh, for music together. Uh, but yeah, I was just kind of interested to know, but was there any point where you like, was it just a conscious thing to 
become a musician or actor or was that just something that just came naturally you know if you get what I mean I think um I think like throughout my life to like go off you know be like I'm gonna like a like a like a light bulb moment where sort of like this is what I want every I mean every day like I I think I was quite naive in the sense that I I assumed that, that if I just pursued as many things as as possible eventually like it would become clear like which road I really, really, really wanted to go down. So, mm. I, you know, like, for as long as possible, I, I tried to pursue, like, music, acting, and th- that's why I enjoyed musical theatre so much, because that was very much something where I could, uh, like, merge the, the two passions, because I, I was sure, like, oh, sure. you know, like, this is a space where I can, uh, you know, I, I can, like, improve my singing a lot, because you do you do improve your singing a lot being in like part of an ensemble, especially at uni. Like, um, like it, it just improves like your sight reading. It like improves like for me, I found it improved like my harmony and a lot more in that sense. But like it allows you to sort of like channel like the creative acting side. You get to channel another character. Um, and so like when I was in university, I was very much like, oh, you know, like. I've got musical theatre and I've got live music and, you know, eventually one of these is going to sort of, like one of these passions is going to sort of like fade away and I'll be left with the other one, you know, mm. and, yeah, and it will be become really apparent which one like I really, really love. But now I just, I just found that the more I did it, the the stronger my passion was. And it, it was never something where I was like, oh, you know, light bulb, like I really, really want to pursue this. It was just sure. more mm. like, it was more like, oh, you know, the the more I do it, the more I love it, and the more the more I, the more I immerse myself in it, and I feel like naturally, the more you do it, the better you get, and the better I got, I was like, oh yeah, the more I want to pursue this, you know, and once you get to like a level where you feel like you're performing well or you're putting out uh, music which is, you know, um, you know, quite quite decent, you're like, oh, okay, I. I feel like there is, you know, something for me here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, the only thing I think is the reason why I, th- I tend to gravitate towards my own music, um, my own music a little bit more than like theatre and acting is because I find that that's something I can do on my own terms. It's something I can do like all the time or whenever I want. And it's it's not re- like as in like writing a song like if you've got the idea in your head it's not really that dependent on many that many people you can sit down sure. you can get out like a laptop you know songwriting mm-hmm. software and and you can go whereas musical theater there has to be something running you have to get a role you, you know so mm-hmm. i i think that's that's the, that's the thing i really really like about like songwriting and my own music Mm. Yeah, it's like DIY. Yeah, you, it's yeah, like yeah, more yeah. control over it, and it's like your thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So That's I was going to cool. ask I mean, actually. Sorry, no, you. Sorry. Go. <laughs> um, on on that point, so like as as a singer, um, and obviously as a songwriter as well. Um, mm. At what point did you start writing your own stuff? Um, sort of from. So you said you started singing in. So having singing lessons in year seven, were you already writing at that point, or did it come a bit later? Or like you I was going to ask. I was going to ask that too. Oh mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the headphones um, psychic link <laughs> no um it actually came much much later so um all through my time at you know school and when when i was taking my singing lessons it was very much classically oriented so i was very happy in 
Uh, like I was in like a chamber choir. I was very happy in being classically trained. I was singing a lot of like German classical music. It, it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, like the contemporary, like, you know, like pop music. And then, um, about the age of 16, uh, there was like this one band at school. Um, and I, you know, I was friends with a couple of the band members. Um, and, they had like an opening for the singer and in my own time like i i really enjoyed like doing like pop uh like you know the more pop soul stuff you know that was very much like a, a sound i developed myself um and i was like yeah sure i'd i'd love to be a part of it um but that was very much a, a cover band we gigged around like a couple of other schools we did a couple of like external gigs it was it was like a great great time and it it, it really got me into sort of like that realm of music, but I wasn't writing music at that time. And then I think it was well after I'd, I met you, actually, Leo. It was in my first year. Uh, I was I, I was a part of the house band, which Leo was uh, directing. And like, I was really enjoying like the whole, the gigging oh, and very much like the, uh, the cover band aspect of it. But I felt like there was, I mean, I was lucky to play with some like really, really good musicians that year. Like uh, that was where I met Spencer, who's still playing with me and, and writing with me in my band. That is where I met Tahir, who's a, a phenomenal bassist. Obviously, Leo's like like obviously a man of many talents. It was also where I met Louis. And at that time, like I was getting so like immersed into the music, and I feel like I was I was getting into a level where like I was like, okay, maybe I, maybe I want to try like writing a little bit and my brother's birthday is in March and he for his birthday he got Logic Pro the songwriting like sure. you know the songwriting software yeah um and because we're on like the same iCloud it just it just one day it just appeared on my laptop so I was like you know this <laughs> this it, it, it's a sign it's yeah <laughs> it's, it's it nothing off, short really. of, of a sign from the gods right so I you know I just um I loaded it up. Uh, I had like my this like little mini keyboard, yeah. um, and I just you know I just plugged it in, and off I went. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, that was so that cool. was yeah yeah. That's, that's, that it's was, like it's closer than I thought it'd be. You know, in terms of degrees of separation of like. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, Leo didn't make you write music, but <laughs> at the same time, <laughs> it was around that same time that you you know that you started to. You know, have no, to scratch I, a creative itch. <laughs> hmm. I very, I very much feel that like, um, if I because my first year was so influential, I feel like if if it was even like remotely different, I, mm. I, 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 I don't think I would have taken down this route. It was only because like on on like a whim, I auditioned for like the house band, and then like sure. I, you know that it really sucked me into like live music and. Um, I was like, yeah, like this is something I'll give a go. And actually, the first song I ever wrote was "The Unknown," which is actually on my EP. On the Azo- like, uh, yeah, the Azo- yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and I, I think that's why, like, if you listen to my music, that's why there's such like in in such a short period of time, there's such a radical change in sound because it's very sure. like it's very much like. Some of the stuff is like some of the first stuff I ever wrote, and like it was very, like is very much like like self-produced and 
all written, all, like not all written myself, but like a lot of it was like written by me. And then, you know, I've, I very much entered like a, a different songwriting process afterwards. So like it, it changed my sound, and my music. But yeah, no. That's awesome. I mean, you, you you came out of the gates flying, I guess. I mean, <laughs> with, the, um, with with I, I mean, what made you decide that "As I" was the was the song to was that the first that you led with? This is the first song that dropped. Yeah, I, I feel like I do remember it. Like I remember you posting about it, and yeah, that was, that was it, really no, exciting. I remember it well. Yeah. No, it it that was that was the first song I ever released, but um, it wasn't the first song I ever recorded. Sure. So I'm um, I. This is this is another like fun little anecdote, which uh, mm. obviously completely by chance. So that same year, before I was writing songs, I, I was um, a part of the annual like UCL showcase Rhapsody. So yeah. uh, and I, I I was in uh, I had a lead in in the Rag and Boneman song Human, um, and that was where I met like my now like producer and sound engineer Charlie Rolfe. Um, and big up Charlie Rolf. Big up Charlie Rolf. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, that that guy is absolutely integral to any like anything I do. I I, I wouldn't be a fraction of the artist I am without that guy. So massive, mm. massive big up to mm. uh, Charlie. But um, yeah, no. So just art like Rhapsody had just finished, and that was uh, like chronologically that was around about the time where I just started playing around with music. And I, I remember because I was writing it all on a MIDI keyboard on like the Logic preset sounds, which aren't. Like, aren't amazing. I remember sending him over like a couple of uh, demos of like uh, I think it was the unknown uh, pain uh, as as the, what's now called the as I Dean Street version. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I didn't I didn't really know like about his um, like sound engineering background. Mm-hmm. I just knew chops. I just <laughs> yeah, chops, I, I, yeah. Knew, I knew him as as like you know quite a good guitarist. So I I, I messaged him being like oh you know. How do these guitar parts sound? How you know? How did how you know? How does this? How do you think that, that this all sits together? Um, and yeah, eventually, like one thing led to another, and that summer I recorded in Dean Street Studios the first. Uh, so I think it was the the four songs on the EP. So that was As I Dean Street version, uh, Pain, uh, The Unknown, and They. Uh, and then after. I recorded that. Uh, I was like, oh, you know, like I was, I was talking to Charlie, and he was like, oh, you, you should, you should look to play this stuff live around London. You know, you should, you should try and, you know, that that's it's a good way to like expand like an audience and get get like a lot of experience. So I I started um I, I messaged this girl called Kuds, who's who's a, a really really good pianist, uh, and we we did like a summer of like rehearsing and like playing around with stuff. And that's where, like, she kind of gave me, like, the idea to, like, turn as the Azai Dean Street version, which was this big orchestral, um, like, you know, like, violin, cello, like, really eerie number into, like, a, like a, almost like a piano ballad. Um, so, sure. yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, unfortunately, like, she obviously got, like, really busy uh, with, like, um, degree stuff. So I then went to Spencer... Um, who obviously I met in the house band, and I was like, "Oh, you know, I've got this this song. Uh, what do you think about like making it like a piano version, just so that we can play it live?" Obviously, it it came out in such a way that I was like, "I really, really, really like this." So we went and recorded that in 
in Charlie's uh, closet. Yeah. <laughs> so it is, yeah. It, it, and then obviously, it, like all of the work was done by Charlie on, on like the production because he, he transformed it from a song that was recorded in his closet on like, you know, and an air mic, you know, it, not like a, you know, a really like professional one or anything. Sure. Uh, I mean, and then I he, mean, it sounds great for. It sounds yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, with the limited resources, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and then obviously that that one just came out first, and then the whole EP came out. But chronologically, that one was actually after the EP was recorded. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's pretty much documenting your entire creative process. And um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the 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 live gigs coming through. I mean, we've I've been to quite a few of your live gigs. Um, yeah, and um, and I feel like it's it's a cool. I feel like you can see the things almost being. I mean, they're they're composed before the gigs, obviously, but mm. you can you can see them developing, and you can feel that you're trying stuff live, and you're trying to see if it works. Um, you're yeah, almost like yeah. workshopping on the fly. Um, mm. these, yeah, these yeah. Bare, the, yeah, the bare bones of the songs and trying to see what works. I'm, I mean, even with, so, I mean, just, just to skip ahead to Was It Love, which is the new single that you got put out mm. in, in lockdown, that, that was, I'm interested in terms of that song, which we should probably talk about a bit just because it's just come out and it's yeah. pretty fresh, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely great I, chat I, by the way. Like, yeah, I, it's, it's, oh, it's incredible. I've, I've been listening to it so much. Yeah, like, honestly, too. like not even just because I need to talk to you, but like just out of yeah. the fact that it just it's bangs. Just, I, it's I, just I, a banger. I just want, I just want Louis Shaw's <laughs> drums. You know, like well yeah. recorded drums in in oh, my man. earbuds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> big up Louis Shaw yeah. as well and Spencer Shelton um, and Charlie Rule. Yeah, mm. Matt, Matt, on it. Like uh, when I'll. I'll I'll quickly like give you like a little rundown on how like that stuff was like written because as as yeah. you say big up big up Louis Spencer Charlie and Charlie and Charlie you know? Jew as well yeah 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 because mm. they're they're now very much like integral to um, my music and my songwriting because has, has well, it has well, it affected it at all like in terms of oh massively. Massively, and I think on 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 very much on 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 two fronts. Um, and I, I, Leo, I don't I don't know if you'll if you'll find this because I, I I was meaning to ask you actually because I know that you very much are as as we were, as you were saying beforehand someone who like does a lot of solo stuff like you know with your acoustic guitar, but now you're very much gigging with like the LKG band and that's evolved into a sound in itself. But uh. What I, you know, what I found for me is, on two fronts, it's changed my music. On 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 the one hand, so my my initial songwriting process was, um, I actually think it was quite a unique one because I, as 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 we've like established, I'm I'm a vocalist and like the like vocal harmony and all of that stuff comes best to me in my voice, um, and I, you know. Um, my the way I've recorded was rather than just like faffing about with like keys and all of that. Um, the, I'd get demos down by um, getting up like Logic or GarageBand, and then just recording a whole track a cappella. So like I'd lay down a bass line going doom doo 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 doom like and then and then sure. like I'd lay it up with like like a, you know like a guitar part or like da 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 da, uh, and then like gradually like you'd end up with like this whole acapella track and i'd found i'd find that that was like the easiest way for me to map out what sits best where 
Um, and then what I'd do is I'd take the acapella track and I'd almost transcribe it onto real instruments using the MIDI keyboard, uh, which, uh, like, obviously, I, 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 I found that a lot easier. So that, that was, like, how I initially would write music. Um, and what I was doing is I was putting down, putting down, like, almost these, like, full demos um, of like my like you know like like the the vocal sounds in my head or whatever um and i i try and get them like as as produced as possible because initially like the the i think the end goal was like to release them like as as was so i was like i'll try and get them as good as possible um uh, sure. And uh, that's very much where, like, songs like The Unknown and, uh, you know, As I, that, that's very much, like, the place where they were born out of. But when it came time to, like, gigging, to gig those songs, what they do is they take um, my vocal, like, demos or whatever, and in, like, the rehearsal room, they you know, almost, like, you know, tear them apart. Like, in, in, a, in like, a really creative way, in a really cre- mm. constructive way, they'd be, like... Um, they they were obviously they were all like approaching music from radically different directions. Like Spence is very like music theory oriented. He he listens to like a lot of poppier stuff and a lot of the Beatles and you know he has like slightly rock influences. So obviously his mind would be driving it in that direction. Uh, and you know Charlie Zoo, he's he's like a great like percussionist and like bassist. Um, and I didn't even know that he was like a, a sick guitarist as well, but he obviously, <laughs> but he likes like, like the whole, like he, he, he approaches music from a very different direction to Spencer. He approaches it from more like a more atmospheric place. He like, he almost likes like the, the production side of it, as, as you can see with like his, the solo tracks that he released. Shout out Zula, by Big the way. Yeah, Zula. yeah, yeah, yeah. Check that out on Spotify. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so he obviously, and then Charlie Rolf would approach it from like a really sound techie perspective, and obviously he's like massively in love with like Radiohead sound. So he'd always be try and do something like slightly weird, weirder and slightly new, unique with it. And then Louis like wants to get people dancing. That's his main <laughs> goal, you know. I want to get yeah. people dancing, grooving. <laughs> um, so I, I I found that with my, the first couple of tracks that I released, like the unknown day or whatever, they were too far in like in like almost like the self-produced like darker sphere to get them into a place where like they were like really 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 good to perform live. So I found like from my perspective. Like having workshopped it, it almost transformed the way I approached my music because I, I I then started writing like some funkier stuff with like a, a almost like a band sound in mind. Like so, like then that's where like tracks like Was It Love and mm. uh, I've got a couple of others that are, are like unrecorded, but you know there's there's one coming out called Confidence, which is very much like a again it's like a very much like a, a dance groove like. You know, kind of like a bop your head kind of song um and so yeah i found it it, it massively affected my writing in two ways because the first was like the whole editorial process which makes the song what it is and the second is when i go to write like a new song or a newer song with like the whole band in mind and that that whole process in mind i find that it actually alters the kind of music that i I, I would gravitate towards like it, I'm going less for like the 
you know, like the ambient stuff and more like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going for like a more live sound or something that could achieve like the goal of getting people dancing, dancing and, you know, maybe like has a slightly poppier sound, but could, you know, also be fused with like, like the way I approach it vocally. And I think that's why I really, really like the track Was It Love? Because as you can, sure. you, as you can he hear in the track, like it's, it's like, it's got like four or five vocal tracks going on simultaneously, yeah. um, which all interlink. And I think that it kind of like, like outlines like the whole process, like the way I actually write my songs, which is all vocal, vocally driven. Uh, but yeah, um, no, I, li I mean, that, I, that, that really, I feel like that really comes through and actually hearing you say that and talk about how you built up those demos makes a lot of sense. Actually, mm. it almost makes me want to appreciate the song even more because, because <laughs> um, you, you guys already have such a good chemistry as a band. I mean, it, excuse mm. me if I just compliment you for like a minute here, but it's like, oh, you're a band. Um, it's like you can really hear all those different influences coming through, but they're not like overpowering each other, you know, like. You hear it in the guitar parts. You hear it in Charlie's bass parts, which are yeah, yeah like yeah. like slightly unconventional um, in using like he's not just playing a bass groove. He's kind of um, yeah, yeah trying to add more tension. And and I think the tension really moves like even in with mystery, which is which is mm. the the harmony of that song. That's what jumps out to me as a as an instrumentalist. It's like yeah. it, it fits with the whole mysterious vibe, I guess. <laughs> um, to uh, no pun intended, but you know. Um, <laughs> And and yeah, and even with yeah, with, with was it love? It's like all these different parts that work so well in in their in themselves. You know, they've come together, and and that's I feel like that's where you get the magic of the music. You know, yeah, um, it's like with Radiohead. You know, if you have um, these people are coming from different places, maybe in terms of their influences, mm. but then all these different things come together, and that's when you have something original. You know, yeah, exactly, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, with, with I, like with that track especially, I think, like I think the challenge that you have is like you try and stop, you you try and like find the balance of like, like adequately showing every like everyone's different inputs to the song without like busying it or like making it something which is a little bit too difficult to listen to. So mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I I think I think um, it's come across well. But I, I, one thing I, I would, I would like to hear is because I know Leo like approaches songwriting from, I think I, I think it's safe to say he approaches it from like a, a different realm that I do because I, I obviously approach it from a very like, um, I sit down, I approach it from like a, a vocal sphere, and I, 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 I want to build like everything almost in my head with vocals and then everything. I, I would like, I'd, I'd like to hear how. Um, how your your songwriting process has been influenced the more bandy your stuff has become because obviously you've you've got your un, an EP under a blue sky uh, out on Spotify check that out because that is <laughs> it's, it's it's very it's very good um but obviously that that was recorded a while ago so I'd be I'd be curious to talk about like maybe your newer stuff and your experiences with that Sure. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. So yeah, the the first, so Under a Blue Sky was recorded. I wrote all the songs when I was between 16 to 17. So they are the very odd songs mm. now because I'm 25. So they're almost, yeah. almost a decade old now. Um, and I'd perform them, you know, sort of 
<clears throat> for two or three years sort of after that just sort of you know as acoustic songs um mm. but then when we came to record them uh they, they came about in a lot of different ways so so to begin with so was always we actually i had a band when i was about 15 uh when i, I think mm. i was 15 16 when i wrote it called modern clockwork um <laughs> shout out to jack paulie fiona archer tiana murray and uh ellie wilson um who are who were in the original band and we we i i wrote the song and we recorded it in essex at a place called walwyn studios and so we had this kind of like it was the first version was very kind of lifehouse influence and so that was that was always a band song um, yeah. then perfectly lonely in summertime I had those as acoustic tracks and like for me uh the important thing um because I was always trying to build myself as a guitarist as well was that the songs worked as um sort of self-contained arrangements so so mm. as as a guitar and a and a vocal piece together you could you know have like it would build to a point where you know you'd have the the you know for example the crescendo at the end of the song sort of so that the the song would go up and down like as an acoustic piece so it wasn't sort of like the piece wasn't wanting drums or a bass to fill out any parts that were, you know, lacking, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so for those two, they were very much sort of acoustic arrangements and then were turned into band arrangements with some, um, uh, some friends of mine in Medway. So they were, they were session musicians and friends as well, um, which were Mike Gibbons, Jack uh, Collier, Luke Horton, Pete Smith, and the wonderful Jack Griffiths. Um, oh, and Gemma uh, Gaynor as well. Uh, got mm. Annie Molest and Sue. Um, so there's so many people. Um, Big project. It, 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 it snowballed well out of control, but um, yeah. but it was kind of for for me. Sort of when I, uh, in terms of the writing side of it, I always wanted the songs to be sort of respected by the musicians who are playing them. Like as I was writing yeah, them, yeah. To sort of and and so when Under a Blue Sky was written, that was I wrote that when I was. Uh, I was 17, 18. And I wrote that mm. one specifically to be a band track as opposed to be the acoustic arrangement. And so, so all of the strings and horn parts sort of like I wrote all of those and I sort of heard it as a full arrangement beforehand. Yeah. Um, and so I've, I've always, in terms of like actually writing and recording, like um, it's always been recorded with a band. And so like in terms of um, the creative process, like for me, it has to, has to work as an acoustic track first, basically. Um, mm. And then I'm sort of, once it works as an acoustic track in my mind, I can then share it with a band. And then I think what I was always very conscious of was having parts for each member. I'm sure you've had, you have the same thing when you write for people, um, sort of where you have like, you want each instrument to have its moment. So you're not just having sort of like just a bass, yeah, yeah. just playing a bass groove, you know, having an interesting bass part, having an interesting guitar part and sort of, um, and so I was always really conscious of that, but, um, I've always been quite sort of, um, sort of willing to not, not, not release control of it, but kind of like to accept that. Um, so like as I, I play guitar and piano, mostly I play a bit of drums and a bit of bass, but like, I don't so but, but I can't think of things that a bassist can think of, for example, because I don't know enough yeah, about yeah. a bass, about, about bass and the same with drums and piano. Like I'm an, I'm an okay pianist, but like, I'm not a piano player in the, in the way that Bethany Graves is, for example, who plays in my band. Yeah. Um, and so to an extent, um, I've sort of learned to sort of to let go a little bit, sort of to, to you know, to, 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 to trust the, the people that are in the band to kind of to come up with something that I can't necessarily think of myself, if that makes sense. So I know, I know roughly what it like, kind of what I want it to sound like, but sort of if, if someone, I'd, I'd rather someone come up with something that's kind of out of the realm of what I can think of and just sort of being able to accept that and sort of, you know, almost relinquish the fact that like so Charlie Zhu can write a better drum cut than I can because he's a drummer. And so just there are more yeah. drum 
elements in his head that he can pick from to then come up with a drum part or is that like I can play very rudimentary drums and so if I write a drum part it'll end up sounding very rudimentary whereas if you mm. so the sort of the relinquishing of control in that in that part of it at least um is something yeah. I've sort of I've, I've had to sort of learn to to deal with and, and and I think I don't know if you have it but like I always find when the other musicians are like are enjoying playing the songs then like mm. I'm sort of like at that point, then it's like, okay, now we can play it live sort of thing. So like if, if we have like yeah. a drum part, you know, that Charlie's really happy playing and it's kind of like, okay, like now it's, you know, to the point where he's like happy performing the song. Um, and the same with Alex Marshall and Bethany and you as well, Johnny, sort of like when you, like when there's, when they're, when everyone's happy with the parts, sort of like they've sort of come up with themselves and it comes out and then does that, sorry, it's a very long yeah. answer to, to what was a very no, short no, it's, question. It's, it's, yeah, but it's, it's good information to have, I guess. And I guess one thing I would pull as a similarity between the two of you as, as you know, front men of the bands where the band name is your name. Yeah. <laughs> is, uh, I guess you have quite like a core band, you know, um, whereas um, I feel like maybe some other artists that are solo artists, they're the, they're the, maybe the lead singer songwriter, the name's on the bill, but they ha- they draw on like, a billion different people to make their yeah, project yeah, yeah. no matter how big the budget is whether it's like a major labor project or if it's like you know your little tiny indie project but mm. um, it's i mean there, there's no right answer in terms of like what's better but at, at the same time there is a the, the the pro of having that i feel like is having some sort of band cohesion um yeah and, yeah and i guess it takes also takes some trust um which is um yeah, just like yeah, like what Leo was saying, like like trusting your band members and and making sure that once if they like it, then 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 it's probably good enough to be performed or recorded, right? Yeah, I mean, well, I, I totally feel what Leo is saying, and it didn't take me as long to sort of like like learn to like let go of the track because I think because obviously when i'm when i was in the room i th- i was very much aware that look i'm i'm not a drummer i'm not a bassist or i'm not a guitarist and you know that I'm, although i although i p- can sit down and play the piano i'm not a, like a, a live pianist i'm you know i'm not any not any of those things so like i think it was so easy for me to be like oh essentially just treat the the demo or whatever uh, i give you as stimulus or like something that more captures the vibe of the track or like mm. like a rough like skeleton of the direction where I want this track to go but not something that instrumentalists are restricted to especially with drums oh my god especially with dr- mm. yeah with with what was it love um i mean that 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 drum groove is obviously it's 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 a a tip of the hat to a, a great um Steve Gadd yes drum drum groove in uh, 50 ways to leave your lover which is obviously like you know there's parallels between like the, the themes of love and what, but yeah no obviously that was um not n- not something that I sat down and I was like Louis do this it was obviously he he takes the tracks and he's like what are, you know how am I going to approach this you know where where do I want to draw from so uh, he obviously very much like writes his his parts that 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 amazing piece of drumming is is you know that's all that's all him that's all yeah. and i I, th- I feel i feel like having that sort of distance uh or the ability to give people almost like free reign over the project mm. can a- a- allow for stuff like that if you know. one two 
Was it love? I guess I'll never know. My mind keeps thinking, my head keeps spinning, and in the end, I have to let it go. And I still think about you all the time, trying to forget you is like a race. The tattoo is on my mind. My eyes, they can't see, check the screen, and I'm wondering where it's been. I promise. I wouldn't cause a scene, but it's been hard 'cause it's been too damn long. And after all the times you did me wrong, I'm just trying to move on. But tell me that's so wrong. Was it love? I guess I'll never know. My mind is thinking, my head is spinning, and in the end I have to let it go. And I. I had hashtag Louis Shaw on the team, you know. I'd let him run wild. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He just he just gets such a good sound, like just out of yeah. Like he, yeah. he just hits a symbol better than I would just hit a symbol, you know. <laughs> the guy's amazing. That's yeah, a really, I mean, that's a really interesting point, actually. Like in terms of sort of letting the song almost like it, it develops by itself in a way, um, mm. and I think that's 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 definitely something that I've that I find really interesting. Like in terms of like yeah. when writing and when sort of showing stuff to the band, um, sort of not necessarily having a a definite idea of it. Like, and a lot of the times with songs, like I'll write something that I think is nice on the guitar and that one works like that. But then it's really interesting to see then where other people take it, and if someone has like a really strong idea of where it can go, um, it sort of it, it it gives a new sort of depth to the song, and sort of having someone else put their stamp on it is, you know, because like, like as you said, like I I wouldn't think to put. 
um, a Steve Gadd influence groove over anything that I'd ever yeah. write. But yeah. if someone else does, all of a sudden you've got this whole other dimension to a song that um, that lifts it in a way that that like me personally, I couldn't even think about doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it depends yeah, yeah. on who, who those instrumentalists are influenced by as well, you know, that you bring into the band. Like, they mm. bring their own character to whatever mm. they're playing, you know. Um, I mean, some people are better at emulating than others, um, and they have their, maybe they just only play a certain way. Um, but, yeah, you, you just, again, it's like bringing all those people together and seeing if there's, like, a chemistry there, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. But, I mean, like, I, I think it draws back on the point that I was saying earlier that, like, the musicians in, in, in that I work with all draw from such radically different areas of music, but which they all intersect at, like, a really interesting, not niche, but, like, they all intersect at, like, a really interesting sound. So, like, you know, the, the guitar part that Charlie puts down is, like, way more, like rock influenced than i initially like put forward to the track i was like you know like i'm I'm hearing like wah guitar you know very much funk influenced and he's preserved that in in like the verses and uh, in in the choruses but in in that in the pre-chorus you, you and in uh entering into the final chorus you you can have like you can hear like that little bit of distortion and almost like the the mm. rockier tone that he goes for and it's it, like it's just work work when you work with people that draw from inspiration from different places i think you 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 cover like a, a like a broader you you just cover more ground musically and i i think yeah. i think it's most in most cases it's, it's very productive yeah, and I think what's most interesting for me as well, as I'm like, I mean, I'm a pretty much a serial consumer of any type of music that's out there, <laughs> no matter what the genre. And f- from from listening to your music, I feel like mm. I can't really like just as a just a fan, I can't really pin down exactly what your influences are, um, in terms of like exactly who you're drawing from. Whereas um, yeah. I mean, not to put you in a box, Leo, but like mm. I can s- sort of slightly easier be able to to create your Spotify related artist section, you know? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. In, in that sort of way, it's 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 not a knock. It's just um, it's just the way that that music is. Um, yeah, no, definitely. And, I, I, and I'm curious whether you actually have any strong influence at all, or is it just? Like I was going to ask it, that. Or, yeah. or, or are you just like like an eclectic music lover, you know? As um, we're about to have like a light bulb moment like ah like now i see it kind of thing (laughs) yeah so it's was that that it doesn't even play on your mind at all you know it's like oh i don't need no no no. it it is it is something that that has played on my mind and i I think this has been a conversation that increasingly i've been having a lot more because obviously Mm. i i I think you guys will come to find in in the release process uh I've, i've i've obviously like i've started like part of the process that I'm, I've really started to enjoy is after you've released and you start applying for playlists like Spotify playlists, and obviously it's a, it's a good way mm. of getting people like get, get like almost like generating like an organic listening because your your music's naturally being exposed to people that just wouldn't be exposed to your music. Um, and obviously, once you're when you're in playlisting and they're asking you questions like, you know, for four fans who like you know four fans of. And then they're like, give like a certain artist or like when they're like, oh, you know, which genre? And it's so specific, like it's either like pop, alternative, indie. And like, I'm, I'm here like, 
Uh. <laughs> I, and and I, and I was I was like I don't know whether like from for an outside perspective it's so much easier to sit down and go that music is pop or that music is indie or whatever. But mm. from from my perspective, I I sit down and I listen to the tracks that I put out or like uh, I listen to the music that I put out and I'm like I with with the exception of a couple I'm like I literally have I I'm I'm really not sure like what specific genre this fits into um but in terms of the music like i listen to and the music that influences me um yeah i i'd, I'd say i'm i'm like an, a, a pretty eclectic music listener like obviously growing going to like uh a school in in, in south croydon I, I was exposed to a lot of like uk rap um and that was something that like I really, really, really immersed myself into, and especially from the production side of things, because I, I, I think the the stuff that I, I, I love sitting down and listening to, like, a, like UK rap songs, and like listening to like the eight oh eights or or like the produced drum beats, and some of the work on there, and like the really mm. like obviously to sit down and listen to a track. Sometimes you have to have something like really catchy or something that really like draws the listener in so i i always really 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 enjoyed listening to that and i feel like that's something which i think seeps into my music and i think that's why me and louis get along quite well because I, mm. I like like rap hip-hop I, I like i really really like that stuff so whenever he tries to drive it in that direction i'm like so down for it but vocally like i i i, I love hosier i love mm. i love hosier i can't Sure. Can't say enough good words about that man. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've only recently come around to a lot of his stuff and really dug into some of the. Because mm. I always thought he's just sort of like a pop artist. He's got some great hits, but mm. like yeah, he, he's yeah. a proper player. He's a proper songwriter, a proper guitarist. And I just think uh, I I I love like the rich like I, I for me like when I listen to a vocalist, some like with the exception and like it's not all the time, but like the thing I listen for the most is like the tone. And mm. for me, like he's, that guy's just got, he's just got such a, it's like a mix between like, there's like a, an element of grit. Um, but there is, at the same time, it's so like clean and beautiful. Um, so obviously like I listen to his music. I listen to, uh, rag and bone man's also another mm. one with an absolutely spectacular voice. Mm. Um, there's, there's this artist that I discovered recently, so he hasn't necessarily influenced like the writing in Was It Love. He may only would have maybe influenced like the slight production afterwards, like in, in like retrospectively. Um, like uh, is there's there's this artist called Son. So it's S O H N. Um, sure. And whilst like I don't like he's got like this one album uh, I think it may be called Renan uh, and there's a song specifically on there that I like which is like Proof because it's so like it's it's so like vocally and harmon harmonically like satisfying to listen to but it also approaches it from like a really like self-produced like a quite gritty space and I I think that's like always where like vocally like I I tend to gravitate towards like the you know the people that have like like that element of grit in it like I I, I like mm. I like something gritty I, I like that 
so yeah i think those are those are a couple of artists that yeah I yeah well it's, it's just a new genre it's it's, it's grit you know <laughs> Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. So. I mean, Louis calls Louis calls what we're making now. He calls it grit pop, which I <laughs> mean, but, yeah, yeah, grit pop. Okay. Like, um, and I, and I, you know, I, 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 I wouldn't disagree. <laughs> I, 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 I hear it. I hear it. I do hear. Yeah, it. I, I like it. Man. I mean, it's such a. It's. I mean, obviously, it's a play on words, but you know. Yeah, yeah. he's a he's one for a play on words, is Louis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He I mean, loves it. I mean, it's it's cool to know that. Um, I feel like that's also something you can't like, I mean, our listeners can also take away, I guess is that you don't necessarily have to be influenced directly by the material instrumentation. Mm. Um, I mean, there obviously is that, that influence that will directly come in, but you don't have to necessarily be influenced by something that's in the same genre as you, you know? <laughs> um, like yeah. if, you, if you're trying to draw a parallel between um, UK based rap, and your music it's it's not necessarily yeah, it's, anything yeah. of the yeah it, it's it's more like maybe a certain portion of the feeling you know it's maybe just the way your brain reacts to the music and mm. um i mean um so the, the, it, this was one of my friends that i was acting with actually in 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 my final year at ucl dan barber he t- he told me something uh which is it was at the time it was in reference to acting um, but I think is is so relevant to music. He was like, uh, we was talking specifically about stimulus in acting. So he, I was like, mm. oh, you know, you're, you know, because he he was playing like quite a troubled character, and he was he was like looking up like videos of like you know people like taking drugs or whatever. And I was like, you know, why? And he was like, oh, my acting teacher told me that in terms of stimulus, like with stimulus, like sometimes you don't watch something with the purpose of deliberately doing it on stage you just watch it and like absorb it and then it all come like it it's all subconsciously influences your performance and i, I think I've, I've i've you know i find the same thing with uh with music like uh, you know you can sit down and listen to like you know one day i'll you know i may listen to like uk rap or us rap or you know i may listen to some r&b or you know country or whatever and it i don't find that like i can't i wouldn't sit down and be like i'm gonna write this song but like the next time i sit down to write a song i feel like all of the music like you've absorbed will like like indirectly influence your writing and your writing process so yeah it's just yeah i think i think that's yeah that's, something to take that's so true uh, and i think that like i couldn't agree more i i i, I mm. always like to think of it in terms of um the analogy I always use is painting. That um, mm. the more the more colours you have on your palette, the more colours you yeah. have to paint with. And sometimes they're not even colours that you would use all that often. But as long as you have yeah, them, yeah. And in terms of music, at least you know, in songwriting, as long as you've listened to something, it can come out in the weirdest places. Um, yeah, you know, like I, I have a song that I wrote called "Coming Home," uh, and that was mm. me trying to copy "Everybody Wants to Rule the World" by Tears for Fears, just the, the original, like yeah, yeah. the the sort of the synth line on that and then they're trying to transfer that guitar and then it turned into something else completely different. And so like, mm. but had I not listened to Tears for Fears in the first place, that never would have come about, yeah. you know? And so like, you, yeah, know, you, yeah. you, you can, you can like take it like a, just a random line or something, or just like an interesting thought or concept that you hear like completely by chance from like a random sort of UK rap mm. artist. And that can then inform something, even if it's months or years later, yeah, you know, yeah. subconsciously it then is something that you can then paint with. So like, it's definitely worth sort of having a broad range of influences and sort of, you know, to, to draw on because then, you know, it, it also means, um, 
you know that, that um a friend of mine always he, he used to say that like the more you the more people you borrow from basically the more you start sounding like yourself because you have so many different influences you know and it's that they become so nuanced in terms of the shades that you you draw from um mm. when it comes out then it's it's definitely then you it's not sort of like oh, he's definitely trying to copy you know hosier for example or rag and bone yeah, man you yeah. know because you have so many other influences in there as well and it's such a mix and a melting pot plus the band as well you know like yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. bound to be this amazing original sound um you know that people haven't necessarily heard before yeah yeah i mean like the eventually the writing will go through like so many filters like it, it you know you you could sit down and like I, I don't know what it's like specifically like with your process but like you can sit down and try and you know write write like a song influenced by you know tears for fears uh and then like in the back of your mind like you've got like like that wealth of like music which you've listened to from other genres which will pull it in a slightly different direction and then obviously you've got your your own understanding of like lyrics and thoughts and then after that whole process you'll take it to uh your band like the lkg band and that that's another uh like almost like it's a, another group of people that will interpret what you've written differently and by the end of that whole process you've got like a song which is actually completely different from the from the song which you were initially inspired by which it's a beautiful thing it's a really, yeah. really like yeah so yeah nice no, that yes yeah, it's, it's yeah it's it's the coolest um it's, it's definitely cool in terms of just like working with other people I think that's sort of one of the biggest thrills you can have is sort of like actually just having everyone's influences come together and then sort of converge mm. into this sort of yeah. mutation or something that's um, yeah. you know, that ends up being you know completely original as well which is really really cool um, I was going to yeah. ask so obviously in terms of uh, your releases uh, you've obviously you've released everything on Spotify and other streaming platforms um, how have you gone about sort of releasing and everything into like what's the sort of the plan in terms of like COVID because obviously giving gigging at the moment is difficult um for musicians like playing live is 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 tricky in terms of having venues that are restricted in terms of social distancing keeping everyone safe mm. um so in terms of sort of social media and stuff because it's always something having looked at your um your social media presence I think it's something you do really 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 well um mm. sort of what your social media release process and sort of just the whole social media aspect of music which is such a big thing nowadays like how is it you mm. approach it um well i mean i think with 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 covid i think by by the you know covid struck and obviously like it was something which which brought like the live music aspect of you know everything like distinctly to a halt like spencer my keyboardist went back to Manchester, Louis went back to Portsmouth. And obviously, like, it's not like there are many opportunities to gig around London anyways, you know? It's not like like that was the only obstacle. Like, everything was closed. So I think very much my thought process was, you know, I've recorded um, three tracks or three or four tracks. And I, you know... In, in this pro I want to make the most of the material I have you know I almost want to um you know stretch it as as far as it can be you know um mm. so I think the the whole the, the the whole thought I had behind it was I think combined with like there were many other like factors like but I I you know just an, another little side note is I have um 
what's called a you know a business account on Instagram. It's you know it's nothing special. It's mm. just mm. something where you just get you know you 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 link it to your email and it gives you the added benefit of seeing like insights and um, the specific insight which I found so interesting was uh, from each post or from each story you could see directly how how many people had taken the action to go and listen to your music or, you know, follow you or something from that specific post. And when I first looked at it, I did, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I didn't, I didn't think, oh, you know, my post, I thought very much my posts are going to be people think things that people look at and they're like, oh, you know, cool. But, you know, I didn't think it was going to influence people. And then I was, I was looking and I was seeing, oh, you know, like this one post has generated like you know a hundred people to go and and you know click on the the website in my bio which is obviously my spotify so i was like oh wow like this 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 stuff actually is 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 as important to the whole release process if you if you want to maximize like your listeners and everything um and so I, you know, I, 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 I'd made mistakes in, well, not mistakes. I had, I'd learned from the whole, uh, first EP release and then the mystery release. Uh, I'd, I, I'd learned like how exactly, uh, the timeline of everything worked. And I was like, this time, you know, I think Was It Love is by far like my best, the best track that I've put out. Um, and it's something that I, I, you know, I want to, I want to do it justice. I, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I'm not under the illusion that I'm going to release it and then, you know, overnight it's going to get like a million streams. But I, I want to at least release it and be like, oh, you know, at least I've done as much as I possibly can or everything within my power to make sure that the song is, you know, as listened to or as in, engaged with as it possibly can be. Um, and I think it was combined with sort of like me creatively being at a little bit of a loose end in lockdown where I was like, I'm, I'm going to sit, I'm, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to make like these little, you know, promotional videos. So I'd take, I'd, I'd get like, uh, man, I, I can't tell you how many I made. Like uh, <laughs> I only ended up releasing like a couple of them. You know, one example was uh, maybe I'll release this actually, just just for the bands actually. But I mm. I got uh, the video of SpongeBob performing at uh, the Super Bowl, and right. I I I got the yeah, footage yeah. and I, I chopped, I, I edited it, edited it all, chopped it up, got Squidward like fainting, you know his, mm. you know like. Patrick on the drums and I, yeah. I I edited it as if it, they were playing Was It Love and yeah. eventually like it started off being like something that I was like oh this is fun this is jokes and then I was like looking at a couple of artists like Lil Nas X and I was like actually this stuff is actually quite yeah. like it's it's easily accessible and it's it's a good way to get people to listen to your music and in, in not really a serious capacity you know, mm. you know, people can sit down and like engage or interact with like a meme, like, pr with, you know, pretty e easily. And, you know, it will just make people smile. So I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to release it with enough time so that I can, um, so that, so that I can release on, uh, on Instagram, on Facebook. So, you know, cr create, these videos release them with like you know fun little like captions or whatever yeah. you know couple them with like a, a picture um or something so that people are like you know don't don't take it too seriously but just like 
also so just as something that can function so that if anyone is interested in the in the track or like you know or like it catches their ear or anything they can be like oh what's this about you know like i'll check it out or, you know I'll, I'll give them i'll give them a follow on spotify or whatever mm. um and yeah it, it's 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 it seemed to be something that's actually um worked works worked worked quite well so i think it's it's yeah, it's. I think it's definitely important to invest a little. I mean, not when I say invest in like your promotion, I don't mean like Dollars. treat yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean like money. You know, it's all. It, all it can take is you know sometimes you know just a creative screen recording of a dance you find funny or something, or mm. you know, or a video that you like, or it's something something that people will take to like I, I used the the Ross and the Monkey one from Friends. Which is and, you know, iMovie and then um <laughs> but and I mean, then but No, yeah, I was gonna I say that's it, that's just such like I, I feel like that was such a genius touch to your to your <laughs> build up campaign. I feel like it's it's almost to the point I was just like, damn it, like I should have thought of that. You know, it was like yeah. such a, I mean it's it's not an it's not an original idea to put your music to a meme, but like yeah, the yeah, way yeah. the way you did it was like, wow, damn, if I do that now, that's gonna be that's Adam's trick. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> I mean I I I would in, look I mean I I'm I mean, yeah, I'm not surface level. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not the first artist to do it, and I, you know, I won't be the last. I, I'd, I'd encourage anyone to sort of, you know, there, there are so many ways you can do it, but like, the, it's just those little, like the the little touches. I think you know that could, mm. if there's an opportunity to make people smile in your promotion, or like, so just or just mm. make just do a, a little a little something so that it's not. So that it's not people logging onto Instagram, scrolling and seeing five separate people going check out my track, and then yeah. being like, <laughs> "Yeah, you know." Mm. Um, but yeah, no. Honestly, there's there there the the great thing about memes and meme culture is every month or every couple of weeks there'll be a new one. There'll, yeah, there'll be keeps refreshing. Yeah, keeps going. Yeah. yeah, so it it's not something where like you know like I, I it's not material that I could ever like exhaust. It's something that like you know by by the time that there's you know by the time you guys release something or by the time you know Shader releases something or whatever there'll probably be a whole like a whole new like there'll be a plethora of new memes and Mm -hmm. yeah yeah on on, it's Mm. it's listen if if it's something that i think if that anyone um enjoys or like you know if you if Mm. if you have the opportunity to promote your music and put a smile on someone's face do it you know don't don't be put off by the fact that someone else has done it before Mm. you know it's yeah, I mean, I mean, people sometimes build their whole careers just by being funny, even though their music is yeah. super serious. Like, I'm, I've yeah, quickly yeah. drawn to like Phoebe Bridges on Twitter, and I know you're a Twitter user as well. And it's like yeah. they, they're just like the whole time they're just shit posting, you know. <laughs> and, um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But it somehow it supports their music and makes fans engage with their music and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you have yeah. There, there are so many. <laughs> There, I think I think that's the thing. Like when like there are so many artists that have like their their main selling point is like their, their personality or like you know the, it's not that the music is a side note, but I think the reason why people are invested in their music is because they're more invested in the person. Mm. So I think a really 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 good example of that is uh, Lil Nas X. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. He's, so, <laughs> he's he's yeah, so I mean, funny. <laughs> 
He's he is so funny and he's he's unapologetically himself. Mm. And I think for that reason, like he can put out I'm not going to slander his music. I actually do. I like and listen to his stuff. Oh, I, yeah. You know, <laughs> I like. I, I've. I do. You know. I. I'll shamelessly listen to Old Town Road yeah. again and again and again. But no, as in like, I, I think like the reason why his his music is so easy to like is because people really really want to like it because they they already like like the personality and they already they they see that he doesn't take himself too seriously and whatever and i think it's a lot easier to get behind artists who you know show themselves as people first or whatever mm. if that yeah no i think that's yeah that's that that's that's completely true uh and it's, it's definitely something that um that i think that you do really really well just like every every like obviously knowing you personally um, <laughs> everything that I see of you on social media, which is obviously the only thing I see of you except this Zoom call, because obviously that's where yeah. I've seen each other for a while now. Um, but it's it's really nice because it it, it it's so authentic, um, and it really gives off the fact that like, there's not there's nothing that I see that's kind of like oh that's not Adam or like like whatever it is you do, there's your personality kind of oozes through it and it's infection. It's really really like I can't help but you know root for you as a result of it. So everything that comes out yeah. is kind of like you know like it, it's 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 so nice to be able to support it because everything is so it's so you um yeah you know and it's yeah it's just a really i think it's a really really nice way to bring out music um yeah, good just kind so, of yeah just just one just one more right i mean what <laughs> i guess it just leads on to i mean just to just to wrap up um like what what's next on the horizon you've i mean are you you've got more songs on the pipeline and stuff you haven't recorded are you is that, um, is that something we can look forward to or yeah, I mean, uh, so uh, like I said, the the session where we recorded was it love. We recorded uh, one other track, which is like you know w- will be the next one to mm. be released. It, you know, it's called Confidence. That's very much. Uh, I f- the inspiration behind that song actually was. Um, I think like Louis especially he 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 finds it so easy to you know grill me and roast me and everything and uh, the one thing he was always saying especially after i released as i was oh you know all the music we're playing is like really sad and you know you know nobody wants to dance and cry and you know (laughs) you know as i was just a bit miserable and i was like okay fine so uh, and i was like fine i'm gonna i'm gonna write a song specifically about someone who's confident and Mm. hopefully that will try and um completely you know tap into a new like uh, spectrum of emotion so it, it's that's a track that i'm really 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 excited to release i think it's 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 quite funky it's quite like danceable and it's very much from a place of like oh you know uh i'm you know i'm i'm confident you know or you know maybe too confident or whatever um and then i've got another track called symphony and we've recorded like two different versions of that so there's a, a band version which obviously will re- actually require like a like work in the post-production phase um and obviously we need to record like guitar parts for that and stuff and then we've got um uh you know like something which was a little bit more self-produced but i think the self-produced version is 
actually come out like really well. And there's now, if people don't know about it, you should get the the BBC Symphony Orchestra String Patch. Oh, yes, because that's, that's yes. the one. You know, that's so true. It's available. It, it's available for free. You, know, you, have, yeah. you have to you have to fill out a questionnaire, and all of a sudden you've got BBC Symphony Orchestra strings sitting there. So uh, <laughs> me. Me and Charlie Rolf have been playing around with that patch, and you know, like the, the the sounds that have been coming out of it have been like really like pretty. So I think that's something that I'll re- I'll look to release sometime soon. And then uh-huh. whenever whenever possible, I you know I'll, I'm I'm always trying to get into the studio record. You know, so mm. yeah. Ah, that's exciting, man. Yeah, I mean, best of luck to all that. I mean, and enjoy. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's must yeah, it must be so nice to have was it love out in the world. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you haven't yeah. listened to it already, go 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 check go it out, it, give it a listen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's something that I'm delighted to have released. It's so it's a it's a project that I, I'd I'd anticipated. Like mm. the anticipation was growing because like it it was something there was quite a a. a, a gap between when we recorded it and when we released it so mm. like once we got to releasing it i was like yes you know so nice. <laughs> uh, give it a listen yeah know. i hope this podcast is a nice companion to it as well you know if, if you're oh man <laughs> wanting to this, find out been... more about the the, the <laughs> man been, behind adam uh, the man behind, yeah <laughs> <laughs> if that makes any sense it's at been... all that doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah well i mean yeah i mean yeah. I, I hope uh my uh my my ramblings and tangents have proved somewhat interesting. <laughs> it's been an, no, abs- it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Thank you for having me. Anytime. And, uh, yeah. Uh, gotta do this I mean, again sometime. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for tuning into Sonic Bites. If you liked what you heard, drop us a like or follow us on Spotify, Anchor FM, or wherever you get your podcasts, or drop us a comment on YouTube at Leo Kelly G Music, Instagram at Sonic Bites, or Twitter at Sonic Bites Pod. More episodes coming very soon. Stay tuned. <laughs>